0: All right, so this is just a test run, real quick. See if the audio comes out. Like with both of us, we'll turn off this fucking metronome shit. You got something to say to the people? Uh, is it going? Not really. Man. Okay, <laughs> I'm just testing. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Maybe we should just keep this. <laughs> it could be a good start. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's Smooth, just let it let, let it run. Let's let it run.
1: Let's go, baby. <laughs> 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 all right,
0: so I'm I'm pulling up the questions. Uh, all right, so that's yeah. We'll just go with that. That's that's the intro. First minute of this shit. All <laughs> right, so we got a, a surprise guest interview here today. Got my man Justin Haver. Just kind of hit me up out of nowhere. He's home from grad school uh, over the thanksgiving break and uh i'm fucking delighted that he dropped in like this i was planning to interview him over christmas time because he was gonna be back again for the holidays and he just surprised me with this shit and uh he just hit me up earlier today and we just made this happen so how you feeling justin yeah it's good to be
1: uh seeing my old friend greg again <laughs> uh we used to work together at the float center that's how we uh kind of started our friendship but we met at yoga
0: yeah yeah at soul yoga yeah the the past two um the past two guest
1: interviews i've done have been with teachers from soul yoga sick yeah Yeah. soul yoga is a great place and it's a good place to meet like-minded people who are excited about life and excited about growing for sure dude every all the fucking teachers at soul
0: should be like working with uh with light side floats with the float therapy. Yeah. I feel like just like those two sort of communities would mesh really well together. I mean that's where both of us both of us were members of the yoga studio and we worked at the float therapy place. Yeah, I
1: think uh one of the common themes they have is like wellness. Yeah. They both holistic have. wellness. Yeah. Mindfulness. And people just try I mean, you go to yoga cause you're trying to improve but also you're struggling in some kind of way. And um we're all struggling, and to be honest, but uh, you go to the float center because you're trying to find peace too. You're trying to relax. You're trying to like take a little break from life, maybe, and rejuvenate, like refuel. Same thing with yoga. Like you're recentering, taking a little break, and it's just beautiful the, the different ways these guys both find ways to take breaks. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Oh
0: hell yeah! Hell yeah! this uh this got a little deeper into it like real a lot a lot faster than i thought it would (laughs) we're talking about yeah Uh, we can keep going or we can get some of the other questions too let's uh let's get into some of these questions because uh i want to be mindful of your time yeah i know you're not going to be here forever and i gotta i got a lot of stuff to talk about and uh yeah later later in this podcast we'll we'll touch on some of the things that we spoke about previously when we were just hanging out earlier before yeah. we were recording so yeah, yeah. we got a lot to talk about i don't want to get too <laughs> caught up with for the sure. getting the spontaneous deep, intro fast. yeah oh <laughs> uh, my god it's great i'm i'm fucking happy you're here man this is gonna be a fun interaction here so for this this conversation uh this will this will start off more like an interview for you right so just kind of some simpler question and answer stuff and then as we progress through it, it can turn into more of a, just a fluid dialogue. Okay. You can start to ask me some questions if you want. Okay. You know, not that you need to like interrogate me, but you know, whatever comes up. Tell like, me everything <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so yeah, man. So like starting off, it'll be like, like 90% you talking. And as we mm-hmm. transition, it'll, it'll kind of transition closer to 50, 50. Okay. Yeah. So let's get after it. We'll start off. Um, just,
1: just simple question. Where are you from? I'm from Frederick, Maryland. We're in Frederick right now. Yeah, uh, you've been
0: here your whole life.
1: I grew up here. Uh, spent the first eighteen years, seventeen years of my life living in the same house. Yeah. And then I moved to Blacksburg, Virginia, for like four and a half, five years for college. For college, for undergraduate. Yeah, I went to Virginia Tech. Yeah. Go Hokies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you came back here for a little bit. Yeah, I came back here for about a year and a half. Uh, had a rough spot and thankful to have my parents around. Mm-hmm. Just uh, hit a mental low for me. and uh, But I was also traveling a little bit too and it was just a time of like rest and regrouping and I'm grateful to have had that year to just kind of figure out a little bit about myself. We'll definitely have to get into that later because mm-hmm. you, you spent some time, were you in a monastery? Yeah, I stayed in a couple of different monasteries in Thailand and I stayed in a monastery in the States too and... It's all Buddhist monasteries. I think Buddhism has a lot of wisdom and um, just knowledge that can help humanity out. Uh, (laughs) And I try and, like, gain my uh, philosophical perspectives from, like, different kinds of religions. I don't ascribe to just one, but we can go somewhere. We can go there later. (laughs) You know, actually, let's
0: let's touch on this
1: a little bit. Um,
0: Me and you have had interesting sort of career paths based on what we studied in college mm-hmm. and then what we chose to do after. So uh, just just real quick for me, so like I, I studied chemical engineering in college. Mm-hmm. I graduated, never found a job. <laughs> I, I spent like a, a very brief time like one month after I graduated looking for a job and yeah. went on one interview, didn't get the job. Mm. Um, I was dealing with a back injury, also like a very low point for me, both yeah. physically and mentally. That was a, a real struggle. And um, so I was pretty depressed and I basically just didn't want to look for a job. I just Mm -hmm. didn't want to do shit. Mm -hmm. So then I just, you know, was already hypervigilant, maybe obsessed with my health and fitness. Mm. So like not being able to do stuff because I had the herniated disc like really fucked with my head. And all I was thinking about was just like getting back to normal, being able to move again, do things that I love. Um so I decided that I didn't want to look for an engineering job and I was going to try to get into the fitness industry, mm-hmm. right? So then I you know I did personal training, I coached gymnastics, I coached CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um I did the yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. right? And then ultimately where I'm at now, I quit working at the CrossFit gym and I have this job at this uh biotech manufacturing company down in Rockville. Still, kind of doing the yoga teaching on the side, and then now taking up this this endeavor. Mm-hmm. So that was as concise as I could be with my history since college. So um, I think it's it's interesting the way that yours takes like a almost like inverse route to an extent inverse yeah to to an extent i think i don't know exactly how else
1: to describe it but you speak to it so you studied engineering in college too yeah i studied uh my concentration was biological systems engineering with like a focus on i wanted to focus on water and land management but i never quite took the course the route of courses that got me to that focus i ended up just studying a little bit of everything like i did a a bioprocessing class from one of my engineering electives. I did, um, a biomedical engineering. I did, right. um, I never really took the water courses. I wanted to I did like a landscape landscape management, uh, where I did, where I used Autodesk. And so I, I, I got a kind of, um, broad education in engineering and didn't really find my niche while I was in school. I did I did research, undergraduate research with, uh, <laughs> I studied this thing called a denitrifying bioreactor to kind of help with the nitrogen pollution in the Chesapeake Bay and that was my jam for a little bit so these biofilters is what we call them for short uh, I like that yeah Biofilter. <laughs> the idea was to reduce um, point source pollution from agricultural drainage systems so we fitted it with this nitrate reducing kind of system of wood chips and other things and that, I have like ideally i would love to be able to like clean water in cool ways and um i don't know i just when i started to when it came to applying to jobs after i came back from thailand because thailand was like my little um escapade away just like i didn't really have a clear idea of what i was going to do after i graduated So when exactly was that this was after you graduated college Right. After I graduated college, (laughs) about in February, I went to Thailand. So I graduated in December of 2000. So basically, right after. Yeah, Yeah, basically, right right after. I went home for a little bit and just like bullshitted around. And then, um, yeah, I went to Thailand and learned about Buddhism that I had never known anything about. So that was a pretty life changing experience. Can I ask what prompted that? Like, you had just graduated, and like, just kind of, can you
0: take me through those like couple months, like maybe. The two months prior to you graduating What's going through your head And then you graduate You come back home for a little bit And then like two months later You're in fucking Thailand With Chilling with Buddhists
1: Yeah uh, (laughs) The leading up to the Thailand Was probably my interest in meditation As like a way for stress management And Kind of like I saw more from How it could improve my life And like Reducing symptoms of Uh reducing symptoms of just like hard ways of being or unpleasant ways of living maybe um like sleeping more like getting better sleep getting better concentration uh dealing with like emotions better just i saw meditation as a way of like getting more control over my life a little bit maybe Mm -hmm. and uh so having that interest in meditation and knowing like meditation comes from Buddhism, basically like mindfulness, the whole idea of mindfulness comes from one of the first, uh, Buddhist sutras, which is, uh, what is it? Um, anyways,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool, man. Uh, uh, it'll come to me, but, right. um, so after you graduated, you went, you, you studied with the monks or you lived with the monks, Oh, yeah. Well, I
1: I wasn't planning on going to Thailand. I was going to do the Appalachian Trail at first. I was going to uh through hike that. I didn't really. And then something happened where I was like, fuck that. I want to go do some Sami meditation retreats and learn about Buddhism and learn more about meditation just because I saw meditation more as a way of, like, yeah, getting control of my life and, like, I. I think I was viewing it from the wrong perspective. Like I didn't want to suffer. I, I wanted to not suffer anymore. I wanted to learn the way to uh, like to live an easy life.
0: Buddhism more. says the opposite, right? Like
1: all of life is suffering. Isn't um, Isn't that one of the... Not all of life is suffering. It, there is suffering in life, I think, is more of what Buddhism so would say. More like suffering is unavoidable in yeah, some capacity. Yeah, So you will suffer. Like it's part of the human existence. But it's not saying that. I think that's a common misconception that... Yeah, all yeah. of life is suffering i think that's pretty yeah. like a pretty i've extreme.
0: definitely heard that interpretation somewhere i don't actually yeah. know enough about buddhism to really speak to it intelligently i
1: still don't know a whole lot about buddhism <laughs> i mean i know the basics of like uh just trying to i think a big part of buddhism is like acceptance of experience and uh having this uh at least for me like greater, greater surrender to the moment and every moment, like, uh, but I, I got into studying Buddhism instead of going on the trail and came back home and started applying for jobs and all the jobs I was applying to didn't really like catch my attention. I never even went to a job interview, I guess. Um, never even got a job interview. Uh, I definitely had the credentials to do so. It Just never... um, I guess I hit this point when I got back where I just got super depressed and everything kind of seemed meaningless. (laughs) 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 And I didn't want to do engineering anymore. Like, I love the idea of cleaning water, but it just... Like, thinking about learning engineering for the rest of my life or as, like, a major career path just seemed kind of, like, terrible to me, I guess. And... It just wasn't something that I was going to be excited about. And I was lucky enough to like have a life or like live a life where I can do something that I will be excited about and still be able to make money. And I think that's a major goal in my life is to do something that I love and still be able to make enough money to live a decent life on the side. Um, (laughs) Hell yeah. I think that's what everyone wants, dude. Yeah. And for some reason, I feel like counseling is. That path for me right now. Yeah, so that's where you're at now with grad school. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm going to Appalachian State University, studying clinical mental health counseling and taking a bunch of courses, trying to figure out um what kind of populations I want to work with, and just learning more about the different ways of being a counselor, which is like all the different roles a counselor can play and trying to figure out which role as a counselor I want to play. Yeah. Hell yeah. So that basically brings us up to speed.
0: And I was uh, so I, I fucked up a little bit. I was uh I was under the impression for some reason, I thought that we had spoken a while ago that um you had actually gotten an engineering job for a little bit. Hmm. Um and then decided that it wasn't for you. And then you went into the mindfulness and the counseling um career endeavor. So that's why I was saying ours was like inverse because I thought that like you had the engineering job like kind of before we met and like I uh, at that time had decided not to do engineering yeah. and I was doing like the fitness thing and then the yoga thing and then after I quit my job at the CrossFit gym I was trying to get back in engineering and then you were going into this mindfulness thing so that's yeah. why I was like calling them inverses
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I, that, that wasn't the case I never actually got an yeah. engineering job I just all right, so I became guess the we're, solution from it before actually even starting on, yeah. we're on real similar paths now too. yeah
0: Hmm. Hell yeah. All right. Hell of, a, hell of a response to the first question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, just build a little bit more of uh, of sort of like your narrative. I want to know, was there anybody that you like really looked up to as a kid? Anybody that you maybe tried to like emulate, whether it was uh, intentionally
1: or unintentionally looking back? Uh not a whole lot comes to mind as a kid i don't really remember having any like great big heroes okay i mean i like my math teacher one of my classes he was a pretty cool guy <laughs> i mean yeah i looked up to a couple of my teachers in high school uh i don't really remember though like looking up like having a figure in my life that i really ever wanted to be like now i do i mean but uh I would say my figure, like, even now, the people I look up to, I would consider my teachers. So people who, like, teach me things in life, I think, um, who have a lot to teach me, I I look up to in ways. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Looking for some guidance. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask what your, actually, I have an idea, but do you mind sharing about anything of, like, your family situation, parent situation, like your relationship with your parents? Um, Just because it's interesting to me right now thinking about um, anybody that you kind of look up to even now at this point, not that it's a, a parenting figure necessarily, but yeah. like a sort of like a older, elder of wisdom, you know, guiding sort of position.
1: Yeah, um, I guess I don't really see my figure, my parents as people who would guide me to live the life that I want to live. Um, we kind of live separate or... Our ideas of a good life, I think, are very different in a lot of ways. It's a different time. Yeah. <laughs> and the way I see my parents live is the exact opposite of how I want to live. So I don't really ask them for a whole lot of advice. Uh, I mean, they're financially well off and they're they're able to live and do the things that they like to do, but they don't like to do a whole lot of much <laughs> <laughs> except <laughs> to watch TV. And um, they don't. I don't really see them living lives that seem meaningful to me so uh finding your own path man making your own path a little bit it's (laughs) it's rough i know you've got experience from it too yourself yeah right yeah i mean i'm uh clearly
0: all the stuff that i'm trying to do here is carving out my own little path you know my own my own idiom perspective if you will right yeah just you know just uh trying to explore different ways of being in the world different ways of thinking different ways of doing things and just being very intentional about it and at the same time <laughs> being extremely curious about like what what i could do differently like yeah. what's what's actually available to us
1: do you feel rooted in any way by um your socializing as a kid and just your socializing of as, as your parents who uh helped you to develop and like do you feel uh rooted in any ways that maybe happened while you were growing yeah i mean
0: i i think like my my parents um they did a good job to sort of like lead by example with Mm -hmm. a, a lot of the things that i actually value in the way that i go about making decisions um and so i mean especially my dad not not to say anything negative about my mom, but just my dad is, uh, for the most part, like pretty quiet as well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't. Know, I I think I've taken a lot from that because it's not like he doesn't have anything to say. It's like he just doesn't really engage with things that he doesn't care to talk about. Yeah. I mean, he's not just like talking just to talk. And that's like basically how I've been my whole life. Yeah. Um. But if you actually talk to him about something that he's interested in something he cares about yeah like he'll he'll fucking talk And, I, <laughs> and i'm the same way yeah of um, course <laughs> <laughs> and i'm yeah so i'm the same way um uh i'm trying to think about if there were any like uh specific sort of events that like happened like throughout my past throughout the
1: childhood or anything and uh yeah i mean like it doesn't have to be past childhood i mean so I go home and my parents are still watching TV right now mm-hmm. and they're still, like, eating all the shitty food and have the shitty food in the house. So I come back home and I regress to, like, all my kid-like ways, you know? Oh, uh, I see, I see. Yeah, it. yeah, I mean, for me,
0: like, a lot of it, um, you know, in, in some ways, I feel like they did a lot to lead by example with, um, uh, I don't know if I'd call it morality, but, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's, that's a decent word to describe it. But um, in, in terms of just, like, challenging yourself with the way that you live. Yeah. And just like I've I've gotten into this, um I guess you could call it a cycle or maybe a habit or maybe I would call it a practice of just disrupting my life intentionally. Yeah. Just like just doing weird shit just to do something different and it just see what it's like. Um so like I was I don't know, talking to you some stuff earlier about some stuff earlier like with the the polyphasic sleeping. Yeah. Just like doing something different, doing these different uh diets doing this this fucking social experiment with with my hair this week yeah (laughs) so like um yeah I mean I I don't I don't want to like single out my parents and say like that I've looked at the way that they live and just said that I don't want to live that way and I'm just going to try something else but I've just looked out at like everybody kind of society at large um and it's I mean obviously there are other people doing some similar stuff to what I've been doing. Um, but I've probably taken an excessive amount of time to like sit down and, and really analyze like, you know, what are the things that I actually want? Like what actually gives meaning and purpose to my life Yeah, that is like truly generally generated internally versus like something that comes external, you know, like i don't know there's all these sort of societal expectations and and societal norms and pressures Uh that influence what people think that they want to do with their lives you know all the like different materialistic stuff um especially in america i guess in western cultures in general like there's so much about acquiring wealth you know it's um so that's that's materialism i wanted to i like i fucking love the term spiritual materialism have you heard of this yeah i haven't man i was talking about dorcas or i was talking about this with dorcas and um spiritual materialism is kind of like a a new thing to some extent now because not a lot of people are like religious but i think there's like some sort of drive that people want to be spiritual mm-hmm. and there's so many different sort of things out there now with like the internet of like things that are, like, labeled as, like, spiritual, like, Mm -hmm. you can, like, take yoga as, like, kind of a a good example, or, like, you meditate, or you do breath work, or Mm -hmm. maybe you do, like, fucking psychedelics or something, Mm -hmm. like, different stuff like this, Um, and so, like, the spiritual materialism is, like, you're just, like, collecting these different things, or, like, say, you, like, different events, like, you went on a 10-day Vipassana silent retreat, silent Mm -hmm. meditation retreat, and so, like, there's this part of the ego, where like people just want to kind of collect these different things, like different experiences or read different books, like the way that they would collect material goods, mm-hmm. but that's their like spiritual materialism. Just like check it off the list, like, bro, I, I read a book about Buddhism. I'm fucking yeah. enlightened. Yeah. You know, I had a psychedelic experience. Like I, I, I'm one with the universe, and like people just want to like check it off the yep, list. Yeah. So the, the spiritual materialism, I don't know exactly how I got on that. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but like, either,
1: but I, I, I find myself, you know, wanting to check off all of the things, spiritual things that I've done too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just enticing. a natural habit, I think. It's enticing, but
0: it's like, you just have to realize, like there's nothing wrong with going through and like having an intention, being curious mm-hmm. about these different things mm-hmm. because they all offer something different, but it's like not losing sight of what it actually is. And it's mm-hmm. like, You want to actually experience that, um, as opposed to just having like, sort of like a memory of it, or just being able to say you did it. You know, it's like you want to actually experience that that process, whatever it happens to be.
1: Yeah, rather than taking a picture of it and recording it for your Snapchat or your Instagram and like, you know, to letting people know how how spiritual you really are. And
0: yeah, that's the other thing is like saving
1: it up for another story
0: just to tell, right? Yeah, like when people are oh shit i was gonna say when people are really like showing it off but mm. now i think like with everything i'm doing with this website that's like a little bit what I'm <laughs> <doing>. <laughs> uh
1: no dude i, think I more don't too, but yeah like, i think you're yeah. <laughs> trying to improve the lives of others and offer some well-being to uh, the general public and document your own too right yeah yeah your path of well-being oh man i think
0: about that spiritual materialism thing a lot though and like yeah i really try to be conscious of of not falling in that trap and like Whatever I set out to do, again, yeah. just like keep in mind, like what, like what is the actual intention here? Like, <laughs> what am, what am I gonna do with this experience, or like, how can I just be open to it as opposed to like, yep, I just I went to this retreat, I never yeah. have to go again, and I'm <laughs> permanently transformed. Right.
1: Well, you know, I think uh, the spiritual path is to me been the most enlightening in the way that it makes me every time I try and go on it, I realize how not spiritual I really am. <laughs> <laughs> cause I always, you know, I feel like the more I take it, the less like true or the less real or the more confused I feel. And it's, uh, kind of chaotic for me, the whole idea of like being, cause I kind of associate spirituality with well-being in a way, like the more spiritual you are kind of, not the easier life is but the better you are dealing with life or like the more resilient you are and the more um capable you are of like handling life's difficulties i feel like in a lot of ways and so i've had this like idea that i want to be more spiritual and the fact that i want to like be able to handle life's difficulties better i guess or just like be able to have a better handle on life and uh and that kind of way i can try and like you know, I could go the path of where I'm just trying to like check off ticks for my spiritual cue or, Mm. um, can just realize how, like realizing how far I get off the path. And like, Mm. that's part of the path is just like not even knowing what the path is in a way. (laughs) Sorry. I just went on my own path. That's good. Yeah. That's,
0: that's that's kind of what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to just explore the the inner workings of your mind, dude. Mm. (laughs) That's what these conversations are about.
1: (laughs) I've been getting real caught up on the path lately. It's hard to realize, like, you're on the path. Or it's hard to, like, think about being spiritual when, for me, life can get so chaotic. Like, recently I've had thoughts of, like, wanting to end my life. And I've had thoughts of, you know, just pure confusion and um Upheave, like un- uncomfortableness or uh, hmm, a lot of attachment, maybe. I'm not quite sure how to describe the thoughts that I've been having, but uh occasionally it can seem, life can just seem like it, I, I don't know shit. And when I don't know, sh- you know, like the less I know, it's like the less spiritual I feel. Cause like I have all the, you know, I i do all these things to try and be able to handle life but when it comes it sometimes feels like i can't handle it and uh, i'm sure you're not the only one who feels like that no no
0: can i ask about some of the things that you've been doing um in a positive vein to try to deal with these things yeah i mean i've got rituals yeah dude (laughs) yes i I fucking i fucking love the idea of rituals Um, yeah it has like a a strange connotation to it because um I guess like rituals is definitely associated with some sort of like sacredness mm-hmm. um but I, I think at its core like rituals are they, they don't have to be something considered sacred you know i yeah. mean um i think it's it's more accessible than that yeah um, i relate it strongly to the word practice um, kind of just like a specific environment that you create for a some sort of practice yeah but, um, yeah please, please go ahead and you know, tell me about some rituals you
1: uh i mean yeah i do movements in the morning so when i wake up i like uh do my ritual poop of course <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll dude it's it's
0: good to have that sort of regularity with with the system yeah it's nice system. actually it it's is. nice it's when, when my healthy.
1: digestive system aligns with my like um with my internal clock <laughs> <laughs> uh so i Uh, yeah, I like to wake up and do some kind of movement. Usually it's recently it's been dance at some point it was more yoga heavy, but I'll do that for like 15 or 20 minutes where some, I mean, recently I've been playing music, but you don't always have to listen to music when, when I'm doing this kind of movement stuff. It's just moving in like intuitive ways that feels good for my body and kind of wakes up and cracks and lets go all of the stuff that I've been, uh, holding on to, Until I released it Mm -hmm. At that moment Uh, So yeah I'll do movement For a little bit And then I'll do like A meditation And before I do The meditation I'll light a candle Um, This part of the ritual This part of the ritual Yeah yeah. yeah, I light a candle And the candle um, When I light the candle I say something like May the the eye Of mindfulness Shine bright Or may the light Of mindfulness Shine bright Or something like that Mm. Uh, And I kind of Try and center myself there And then I'll read like a passage by Thich Nhat Hanh. I've got my favorite book by him piece is Pieces Every Step. And so I'll just like flip to a certain page and whatever it opens up to, I'll usually read. Mm. And then I'll sit for... Uh, right now I'm sitting for about 35 minutes every morning. Wow. Yeah. And I'll just focus on my breath, uh, usually like the rising and falling of my stomach. And yeah.
0: Let's let's go deeper into what your meditation is like. Yeah. Uh,
1: a lot. I think my a lot of my practice is just like Realizing when I'm lost, like when my concentration is no longer on my breath, um, so I don't really get many consecutive breaths in uh, of awareness. And when I do, it, it feels I can I can be really joyful about it, and it's a quite wonderful experience. But and it's quite peaceful. Um, but I think most of my meditation is like me, my my mind wandering away from my breath, and then it's just like me recognizing that my mind has wandered, trying to recognized in like a non-judgmental way i think that's a big part of it like not being like fuck you yeah yeah you know um can i ask something dude i don't remember where
0: i heard this i want to say it was a podcast mm -hmm. i'm sure it was a podcast or something or maybe it was an interview i did previously i don't know i want to say it was a podcast Mm -hmm. but have you ever thought so this is just kind of flip it and, and just give you like the the opposite side of the picture with how you are doing your meditation now Mm -hmm. there's there's like definitely nothing wrong with it and i've spent time meditating like that as well Mm -hmm. um but have you ever thought about your meditating your meditation where it could actually be playful so like right now what you're describing is like you're trying to focus your mind on one thing Mm -hmm. and you see it or you know you observe it you feel it sense it wandering off Mm -hmm. and you're like come back here yeah
1: with a smile
0: yeah well that's yeah that's great but what if instead you instead of observing and pull it back in you just observed it and just continued to watch it wander around yeah and you were just like with a smile yeah observing it and just being like look at the mind playing around yeah look at it running around in these fucking ridiculous patterns
1: yeah have you ever contemplated that um i haven't, but I can know that it plays around in those ridiculous fucking patterns <laughs> without I think my intention there like when i when I meditate, I have like one kind of intention right, and my intention is just to be present with the breath and like focus on the breath and it, for me it's more interesting how i'm trying to just do this one simple thing, simplest thing focus like focus on the in and out breath like yeah, and just realize like my mind not really not cooperating with that intention um i don't find it like you know like i'm battling or fighting or it's any kind of dis usually it's not uncomfortable sometimes it can be hard to do but uh i think it's quite peaceful to because i'm trying to train my mind it's Mm -hmm. also a training process too i'm trying to train my mind to have that be able to focus on the breath and have that like piece of concentration and that piece of, like, one-pointedness, I guess. Uh, and I think that'll serve a lot of purposes. But at the same time, it's, like, a journey getting there. And there's a lot of insight along the way of not necessarily following the path of the thought, but, re- like, realizing how the thought is making you feel in other ways. Maybe, like, you know, you just realize you were lost in thought and suddenly there's this tightness or there's this, like, heat you feel somewhere or... um You realize like how uncomfortable you really are and you just sit with that discomfort a little bit more like bring yourself back to how the current experience is happening rather than like listening to because i think if you follow the the mind it's it can be easy to believe it a little bit those stories Mm -hmm. it creates right Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to decondition that following because that's what i do every that's what my mind does naturally it just like follows and it goes down these paths forever and it you know i've trained my mind to bring myself out, not just in, while I'm sitting on the cushion, but while I'm swimming a lap, you know, I'm swimming laps for exercise and I'm, like, figuring out this story, telling myself a story about how I want to live, how I lived before, how, like, I'm not doing what I, you know, whatever this story is. But I'm trying to get out of that everyday story, I think, is the goal for me. Yeah.
0: Do yeah. you spend any time journaling? Um,
1: Not particularly. Uh, Can I, I
0: suggest something? Yeah. I'm not just gonna tell you to start journaling, but I, I mean I kind of am, but just in, <laughs> in, a, in a different way than most people might expect. Yeah. Um, so like when you are what you're describing with the meditation is um, you know, you're sitting, you're trying to focus on one thing, and of course you are like observing your mind and you're observing when it wanders and like mm-hmm. you're saying it you know, you notice these like different sort of patterns, yeah, right? Yeah. So what I've discovered for myself because I've spent a shitload of time thinking as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I meditate a little differently, so it doesn't arise so much in that environment for me. Uh, but anyway, the point is, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking. And again, I've witnessed the same, you know, similar, in a similar way, like different patterns, the way that my mind thinks. Yeah. And I've spent a fairly significant amount of time over the course of my life journaling, writing, uh-huh. right? Written journaling. And for me I've always I always kind of struggled with journaling because I just struggle with writing cuz I like um I have a thing for you know trying to come up with like the perfect sentence structure and the perfect word choice and like I just i another problem. Yeah. I just like <laughs> I like, paralyze myself with it. So one I just think that writing is not necessarily like the best medium for me yeah. or at least writing in that manner. So yeah. um like a year or two ago I started journaling and I was I started journaling, like again, kind of picked up the practice and I was just doing free writing. Yeah. So no sort of prompt or anything, like no structure to it at all. Yeah. You don't even have to worry about spelling or grammar or punctuation. Yeah. It's just a constant fluid stream of your consciousness. Yeah. And for me, I write real slow with my hands. So I always type it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you don't worry about any sort of you know, like I said, like structure to a document. Yeah. Like do you, there's no point, there's no just whatever comes out. When it, when Ideally, this. there's no backspace and it's yeah. hard to like not do it. Like yeah. you, you'll, at least for me, yeah. I, when I did it for a significant amount of time, I'd catch myself like wanting to go back yeah. and like, yeah, so it's it's hard to like condition that yeah. out of yourself. But anyway, free writing could be interesting for you to try. Yeah. Because um, it, it is like a type of meditation just yeah. through a different, um, different medium of your own language. Yeah. Free, so free writing for me is painful. Is
1: it? Yeah. So you've tried it. I've tried it. Um, yeah, it doesn't. It's really something that is like not enjoyable for me at all. It's something that I would like to be good at or better at for sure. Free writing. You're saying
0: it's it's painful because of the types of thoughts that come up, no, or it's just no. challenging. It's like just, it's challenging for
1: you to do. It's challenging for me to do. I think the way my mind works is like a million thoughts come up at once. It's hard for me to really have like a clear stream of consciousness, even when I'm talking sometimes, but Uh, much, much more when I'm just trying to write. um, Yeah, so I I have trouble when it comes to free writing like that, but it'd be a cool practice to...
0: One thing that you can do to help that practice, just kind of guide you and um, force your brain to sort of like perform to an extent just like put a tiny bit of pressure and urgency on it if you set a time limit Mm -hmm. just set a i would an ideal time would probably be 10 to 20 minutes yeah so start off small just do 10 minutes yeah set an actual timer or an alarm on your phone and then set a goal for the number of words that you have to hit in those 10 minutes so like um i don't know maybe a good challenge to start with i would say like 500 words in 10 minutes yeah I think is achievable but like you'd have to go at a pretty good pace
1: yeah
0: Uh, that might be something just to kind of encourage your mind to just make decisions just like go with it and like once you kind of get into a flow like once you kind of make it over a hurdle like you can just yeah you can just drop in and go with it that's cool so yeah so that's an option the the second thing i want to talk about in regards to the journaling i don't think that we've had a chance to talk about this yet yeah um But I've spoken about a bunch of other podcasts, and that's part of where this whole thing came from is doing audio journaling. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, it's so easy to record sounds now with all the different technology we have. And so you can just download a simple voice recording app on your phone. Uh huh. So it'll take up way less storage if it's just audio, not video. And um, you just just journal like however you would want to journal in a written fashion. You know, some people kind of set out to, you know, answer a certain question or just write about their day. Or like I said, the free writing, the stream of consciousness, journaling, just whatever the fuck comes up. Any sort of form of journaling like that, yeah, just through the audio, the the spoken language, that medium, it's very different, I'll say, at least for me. Uh Um, And so those three different mediums, which I've taken a long time to get through, but the silent thinking, right, the like meditation, that sort of contemplation versus... The written language versus the spoken language give you three like to me distinctly different avenues for expressing your perspective and you know trying to just like manifest the thoughts that can accurately represent what you're actually
1: feeling yeah i could see it being helpful uh definitely i think the one that resonated with me most was the speaking one speaking audio like audio journaling i i could see myself really getting into that yeah because first i just
0: i think not many people do it yeah and so like people spend obviously you spend like your whole life thinking in Mm -hmm. some capacity right Mm -hmm. and then anytime people think about journaling like people write and you do all this writing in school people are fucking terrified of public speaking yeah and it's like there's like a if, if, if you try it out at least for me having not done a lot of Out loud speaking necessarily i I don't know that's not a great way to describe it but i've not been extremely vocal my whole life um i could even just like i'm only talking to myself and i'm recording and i'm not planning to post any of it no one's ever going to hear it yeah and i can still feel myself insecure about what i'm saying yeah like some some weird shit that'll that'll come up like i um i have this weird thing where like i i don't like saying bro Bro. I just like, I'm just like, nah. Like, yeah. <laughs> people who say bro are just, just, like, just. I've had this conception yeah. around that word since like sixth grade. Okay. And I've just held on to it. as like, I don't want to say bro. And then there will be times where I'm audio journaling and I notice, I can I can recognize and I can observe the thought to say bro. Yeah. And then the response, the negative response, be like, no, I'm not a guy who says bro. And huh. I pull it back and I don't say it. Huh. Like, the. Dude, the the little bit of space and, like, how fine-tuned you become to, like, the different sort of competing thoughts in your head yeah. when you go through audio journaling yeah. has been really fascinating for me and, and really, I'll even say, like, transformative okay. with with the way that I kind of understand myself and, and I'm able yeah. to look inward at myself. It's been fucking remarkable, dude.
1: Yeah, I... I feel really called to do audio journaling, I think <laughs> uh, i maybe we edit ourselves more when we're writing or we're able to like you know it takes longer to to write than it does just to like say things as they come to your mind. I feel like it's probably a more free flowing authentic process to to audio journal so absolutely that part is appealing to me and absolutely that, and it's that,
0: like it's a it's an interesting middle ground Mm -hmm. sort of almost a hybrid if you will if you take the thinking on one side of the spectrum all the way on the other side is writing and then in the middle like it's it's more fluid than the writing is right which is what you just spoke to but it also gives you a little bit more structure than just the thinking
1: yeah I had the idea while you were talking about the audio journaling to, like, have a chair in front of me and talk to the chair almost, like, using... Are you familiar with uh, Gestalt Therapy? Uh, I've definitely heard the term, but I I would not be able to speak to anyone about it. Yeah, it's very experiential. They do these kind of experiments, and the one like experiment that is used in like other counseling settings is like the the open chair experiment, where you have like a chair, and you know maybe you say it's like this is your boss or this is your mom or whatever the case is, and you talk to the chair like it would be. But I don't think I'd talk to the like I don't think I'd picture the chair like anything. Uh, it'd just be nice to have a chair in front to talk to or something to talk to. And I, was, I What do you think it would be like if you put a mirror in the chair? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> uh, that sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> you know something oh, uh, I've been meaning to get into also is like mirror affirmations, I think. Tell me about that. I don't know what that is. I don't really know what it is either. <laughs> uh, but I've had this idea where I want to give, like, talk to myself more in a positive light, and like mm-hmm. make that more of my practice. So at the end of the at the end of the day, I just kind of acknowledge all the things that I did that helped my life, like made my life a little bit easier, or, mm-hmm. you know, just aided my well being just a little bit, or some, you know, something that felt maybe not felt like an accomplishment at the time, but just like patting my back for the littlest shit I do, probably. Just remind yourself about it. Yeah, Yeah, because I can be quite hard on myself and I don't really um, celebrate my achievements. And I think it's a good, like, you know, celebrating the things we do well can bring a lot of joy to our lives. And uh, also this idea of, like, positive psychology, I guess, like, focusing on the good and, you know, wiring your mind to have that kind of perspective, right? On, on, like, the things that are happening. Oftentimes we ask, like, what's wrong? Instead of asking, like what's not wrong. It's just a matter of like, uh, being more positive about life, I guess. And I can tend to be pessimistic when I am in certain kind of funks. And so I'm just trying to like meditation, trying to find ways to train my mind, I guess, to live the life that I want to live. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, all right. So I'm a, we're
0: almost an hour into this, dude. Yeah, dude, we can we keep just, going. No, we can definitely keep yeah. going. Um, but I, I think at this point, I'm just going to like just basically just scrap the whole list of questions that I have written now. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll probably touch on a few of them, but I'm just, I'm going to close that up and we're just going to let this just free flow. All right. So, yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll pull one question, which would have been one of them coming up, but yeah. I think it's, it's interesting for anybody to contemplate this question. And, uh, I think this is like a question that every parent should be asking their kids on like at least a weekly basis. What are you most curious about that you know the least about? Yeah. Anything like what comes to mind? Anything.
1: <laughs> um maybe growing mushrooms right now. Yes, dude. <laughs> hell yeah. Oh, that's
0: great, just because like anybody else I would have asked that to, like no one would no one would have that thought first off probably yeah. and then out of the people who would like no one would actually say it. <laughs> talk, talk to me about this because i know in the past we've we've spoken a lot about your ventures with all types of mushrooms uh-huh. um like regular fucking mushrooms right yeah so for just people like, listening this is not just like all about psychedelics right no no talk to me about mushrooms whatever whatever sort of uh you know specific like subject matter knowledge you got on this because i've heard some Some fascinating podcasts about mushrooms, but I don't have that type of experiential perspective that you
1: have. Well, I'm still a novice, which is why I'm curious about it, of course. Yeah. Um, Beginner's mindset. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess my mushroom journey began with this uh, mushroom called Reishi. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've heard it. It's like the scientific name is (laughs) Ganoderma lucina. Ganoderma lucina. (laughs) And, uh, it's been used by the Japanese for like thousands of years. And if you look at it in a book where it shows like the medicinal properties for like it's got certain categories where it's like, you know, improves like uh, lung health or um, maybe supports immune system growth or antibacterial, antiviral. Like it hits like all the medical category, like anti-inflammatory, you know. Rishi is considered an adaptogen, right? uh,
0: Go on. (laughs) 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 Shit. I thought that you'd be able to elaborate more on yeah, it. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I just know, like, I, um, I've i taken some mushroom supplements from Four Sigmatic, uh-huh. that company. They, yeah. they make, like, mushroom coffee and mushroom elixir is what yeah. they call it, which is basically just, like, tea with different uh, mushroom powders mixed in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're, like, I don't know, maybe, like, five or six, like, real common ones that are used uh, in a dietary fashion yeah. with the powders. um, And so that's... Just, you know, having gone through some of their products, that's, like, where a lot of my knowledge about mushrooms comes from. So I feel like I've read there, like, reishi is an adaptogen, which I've always had a little bit of a problem with, and that's why I was bringing it up to see what you thought about it. Um, And basically saying, like, it'll kind of adapt to, like, whatever your body needs Uh (laughs) to some extent. That's sick. I hope that's the case. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'd be doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Because I do know... They have a product that they call their adaptogen blend, hmm. which is, you know, I guess there's there are some other mushrooms and some we other... We don't know uh, what's wrong with you. This should fix whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just all fucking hype, and it's like they're
1: trying to create a buzzword. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, that'd I mean, be sick. It, the, um, the Japanese call it, yeah, the mushroom of immortality. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It seems to have a lot of properties that are good for physical health. Like all mushrooms do, like not all mushrooms, but the medicinal mushrooms seem to be um, a lot more potent than like plant medicine, uh, mushroom medicine. But it's also mushrooms. Mushrooms are culinary too. Like, mm. mushrooms are delicious. My favorite, yeah. one of my favorite foods, is like chicken of the woods mushrooms. Uh, Never heard of that. It's a common name. Uh, uh, I forget the scientific name, but it's this like beautiful orange mushroom that grows in a shelf like fashion on like dead oaks in the wild, and you can't really cultivate it. It's super hard to. Uh, grow it yourself, but you can find this thing growing in, like, the 10, 20, 30 pounds. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and and there's, they're edible just straight from the wild? Yeah, yeah. You, you just cook, cook them. them you cook yeah. them. Some, I mean, you can, like, soak them in salt water, too. That's what some people do when they find mushrooms in the wild. I think that, like, kills the bugs that are in them. And mm. uh, But I don't really care about bugs. Uh, I also have this idea that, like, bugs are uh, going to be, like, one of the most sustainable food sources that, and people, it'll be like widely eaten by people all over the world, uh, within the next like 20, 30 years, maybe, but we'll see about that. I've tried some, uh, some interesting products recently with
0: like cricket flour protein in yeah. it. Yeah. That's kind of a gimmick a little bit, but <laughs> why,
1: why you say that? Uh, it's just like, uh, this idea that, uh, I mean, it's a start. You got to start somewhere, but the idea that you're like being sustainable by eating this like crooked power f- protein um, that you buy from this company is like I I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, it's not like I've heard people market it as like super environmentally friendly. I don't think it's at that point yet. I guess. Mm. Um,
0: yeah, I could see that. I think what they try to market, from what I saw, is like the um, sort of like. Per like unit cost of like how much land it takes up, how much water it takes, mm-hmm. um, how much you know greenhouse gases it produces, mm-hmm. as compared to you know like cattle, obviously is a oh yeah you know, a, a huge protein source for people. Um, but I could see with like where it's probably at in terms of how it's been scaled so far, yeah, or, or not been scaled so far, yeah. Um, I can see it having a less like efficiency right obviously like if you're going to scale something to a greater extent like on an industrial sort of scale like it needs to get more efficient
1: yeah ideally you gotta start somewhere
0: yeah so i could see it you know since it's a sort of a new thing
1: yeah recently but uh it is much like the theory of it it, it's much more sustainable like you said greenhouse gas land uh water use Um, energy use is like you can put, because bugs are so much lower on the food chain, you can put less energy, less conversion, you know. Um, And we could even use bugs. I think the big thing would be to use bugs to feed livestock like instead of grain Mm. because it's a lot more environmentally friendly to rear insects and bugs than it is to, Mm. yeah. Yeah, I'd also think, um, uh, would
0: resonance time be the right word here? The resonance time of it like you know, how long do crickets live? Like a month or something? I'm I'm not an expert, but insects don't, or if they're considered an insect or bug, they don't live very long. They don't live very Um, long. Whereas most of the mammals and birds that we're raising, right, to eat in the sort of rest of, you know, the like 99% of agriculture, like they have to be raised over a longer period of time. Um, So I could see that definitely being an advantage for the cricket or the the bug food sources. it
1: mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to also be able to like collect your own bugs from the wild and like forage for bugs. I'm sure people do it, but I oh, think yeah. that'd be cool. i mean, no, I
0: mean not a whole lot of them right now, but No, no. across the history of homo sapiens.
1: Yeah, one sure. one day I'd definitely like to rear my own insects and I'd definitely like to grow my own mush like culinary mushrooms. Um And so, yeah, there's a lot of wonderful culinary mushrooms that taste good, but also have a lot of medicinal benefits, too. You think you could survive on a diet of only mushrooms? I bet you could.
0: For, like, I I don't know what time period to attach to. Like, you think you could go a full year without anything, (laughs) like, (laughs) without anything uh, irreversibly detrimental to your health happening?
1: Oh, man. (laughs) Let's see if anyone out there is willing to take that <laughs> challenge. I don't know why I that bet just it, came to mind. I bet that, it could be done, though. I, I'm sure mushrooms have all the nutrients you need to like live at least for a year. That's what I'm thinking. And just the
0: the human species is very adaptive. Just yeah. life in general is very adaptive. I feel like I don't know. I mean, there. I'm sure <laughs> there there would be some uh, fairly significant changes in your your biochemistry. But yeah. I, I feel like you you might be able. I mean, so I got to think, mushrooms have, what, like, what's the nutritional makeup of mushrooms, <laughs> you know? Like, just starting off, like, um, the macronutrients are fat, carbs, and yeah. protein. Yeah. Do you have any idea, like, what that nutritional
1: makeup is like? Uh, I know there's a decent amount of protein in it. Uh, there's some, like, hmm, depend- you know, there's all different kinds of mushrooms, of course. Yeah, can,
0: yeah, yeah. But do you think that most mushrooms have all three of those in some capacity?
1: Yeah, I don't see why not. I don't think they have a whole lot of fat, though. You're probably right. But, I mean... Probably carbon protein
0: heavy. Like I said, I think um, humans, humans are very adaptive with the different things that they can eat. Yeah. I'm trying to look up something real quick about mushrooms. It might be tough to get enough calories. Yeah. So one of these first images I pulled up, it doesn't say what kind of mushroom it is, but it says... 15 calories, 0. 0.7 grams of fiber, 0. 0.2 grams of fat, 2.3 2. 3 grams of carbs, and 2.2 2 grams of protein. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe someone could... You'd have to eat a massive amount of mushrooms to get enough calories. I don't. It doesn't even say what this um serving size is. But just that sort of like macronutrient split there with the protein, fat, and carbs, someone... Might be able to survive If they were forced To just eat mushrooms For every single
1: meal yeah, You'd really have to force Somebody to do that I don't think anyone Would like uh, willingly yeah, yeah. Put up their hand And be like well, I, I don't know
0: man <laughs> People
1: If you're giving me tell me, If you're giving me <laughs> Chicken in the woods For every uh, I could actually see a problem Like If you're eating mushrooms For every meal um, I don't know man I feel like your body Would re- not respond In the best way You think so Yeah <laughs> Definitely wouldn't be a Comfortable experience
0: Yeah I I don't know why that just that just came to mind. Just a a quick look. But you could easily
1: live off of plants. Like plants and mushrooms are completely different, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the
0: fungus, the fungi are a different part of the taxonomic tree entirely, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I would think someone could do this for definitely a week, maybe like a month. Yeah. If you just got pretty creative with all the different mushrooms, you fund me and I'll do it. (laughs)